0: and welcome to the Sober Bliss Podcast with me Gail and my amazing guests. I finally quit drinking for good in March of 2018 and one of the things that helped me was connecting with people on the same journey as me, hearing their stories and finding inspiration. No matter where you are on your journey to sobriety, I hope you enjoy listening to these stories and hope they bring you inspiration inspiration. Joy and light, so you can find your own sober bliss. Hi, everyone, and
1: welcome to another edition of Sober Bliss Meets with me, Gail. And today I'm delighted to be joined by the wonderful Esther Nagel, who is a yoga and good teacher.
0: Hello, Esther. It's lovely Hi.
2: to be here. Hi Gail, okay. it's so cool to be here and to actually be speaking to you in person
1: at last. I know, finally. Yeah. <laughs> We've kind of been in contact a while, haven't we, in different mm. groups and things. Um, yeah. And I've been so excited to talk to you today because not only are you a yoga and breath teacher, but you are also a sober mom, which is just Happy
2: there. I am, yes, I am. um have been for, for, well, five five years and three months, something like that. Oh yeah. Wow. Work amazing. a couple of days, but
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it becomes less need after a while, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, 2014, I stopped
1: thinking. Bye, okay, okay. And what we're going to talk about today kind of ties in with your journey doesn't it Um, very much yeah Yeah. Yeah. so uh, would you mind just kind of taking us back to what it was like before you discovered um yoga and breath work Okay, so um, how long is this how long is this conversation? <laughs> well twenty minutes we could squish it all in
2: <laughs> so, Yeah, so so to summarize then um so i was um I didn't realize it, but i actually I was an alcoholic for about twenty years I hmm. started drinking at started going out drinking socially when I was sixteen, but started drinking to kill the pain a yeah. um, pain when I was um 19 or 20 and um, I smoked a lot, I took a lot of drugs, I smoked a lot of marijuana as well um, and I it, and, and I had lots of other ways of numbing my pain, I had a bit of a sugar addiction as well and loud music and anything that I could do to distract myself from what was going on in my head was
1: hmm.
2: welcome but booze was my my main thing that I did um, while I am smoking um and as an asthmatic <laughs> wasn't oh me to do either of those things because smoking yeah. drinking makes asthma worse obviously yeah. um, so i i live this very chaotic life um and and i don't think i or anybody around me realized that this was anything other than me just being my usual chaotic self mm. you know always being quite a high stress high emotion high drama kind of person and so nobody ever questioned me on what I did and I questioned myself in the moments when I did I had enough people around me who drank as much or more than me that I could look around and think well it's normal it's fine yeah part of me knew that what I was doing wasn't normal and wasn't fine I could convince myself because I constructed this life that reinforced my choices and made me feel that I was okay but um so I had lots and lots of stress over the years and my, my coping strategy was always right let's get drunk then or let's smoke yeah. <clears throat> both and shout at the world but in 2013 I had um it was almost like it was universe god whatever karma maybe um whatever it was something kind of stopped me because i had it was like one of those breakdown breakthrough years you know where everything happened that could have possibly put pressure on me so i reached that breaking point
1: yeah um,
2: i had works i had problems with my job um problems within my family health worries within my family and uh, a breakup with my ex and a massive fight and constant fighting over our son and it all just got too much for me and I saw a talk the other day where someone was talking about a bridge and he was saying that if you put pressure more p- pressure you pile on any bridge the strongest bridge in the world will eventually collapse mm. I'm particularly strong and life was putting all of this pressure onto me and eventually I collapsed um almost physically you know it was just gone. A- Complete breakdown, and so I gave up my job, went on benefits, and kind of had to figure out what I was going to do next with my life. And I'd been going to yoga classes for about five or six years up until this point, and I loved it. I I really I was good at it because I'm quite naturally flexible, and I enjoyed the way that it made my body feel. I didn't like the breathing exercises, which is why I originally went because my nose blocked because I had a dust allergy I couldn't do the breathing exercises so the breath work actually made me really angry and tense and uncomfortable oh. but I knew I wanted to at some point in my life teach yoga so I decided to train to be a yoga teacher as a way of finding something else to do with my life that didn't involve sitting at a desk all day yeah. and actually teach me some, some relaxation techniques and it was while I was doing this that I was advised to give up dairy for the, to, to reduce the mucus that my body was producing, which immediately helped me to breathe. Oh, wow. Learned to breathe. And I was able to breathe properly, to breathe through my nose for the first time in my entire life. I Gosh. could breathe through my nose. And as soon as I learned to breathe, I was able to start relaxing. I was able to start calming myself. And rather than reaching for a bottle of wine when my ex and I would argue or Brexit would be voted for or, you know, <laughs> other things that were going on that would have sent me running to the shop wine, I was breathing through it instead and I was finding that I was actually able to manage to keep my stress levels down. I was able to manage my emotional response to stuff and I was able to come up with a better way of dealing with stuff. Mm six months into that training through learning these techniques and it wasn't just breathing but it was it was like the the minute I was able to take that first proper breath something shifted in me um so it was predominant it was a lot breathing was the biggest thing that I that I gained from my yoga teacher training good breathing Mm. six months I I had the mother of all hangovers (laughs) once decided I was never going to put myself through that anymore because I didn't need the numbing, um, the oblivion that I'd been seeking for so long. I didn't need that anymore. I didn't even want it anymore. And I certainly didn't want that pain. You know, I'm trying to flee from emotional pain and suddenly I was in physical pain because of it. Yeah. Um, when you drink every day, you don't have hangovers, do you? <clears throat> Mm. down how much I was drinking and then binging at weekends and all of a sudden, I running these awful hangovers. Yeah. And So on that Sunday morning, I decided I'm not doing this anymore. And so the next weekend, I decided I, I, I wasn't drinking and then the following weekend and the following weekend. And I wasn't telling myself I was giving up drinking. But I was just doing that one day at a time thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I didn't even know that was a phrase at the time. I, I wouldn't go anywhere near Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, but I was just taking myself through that. This today, just today, just today. Yeah. Or you can, but just today. And each time I was going to bed, so, I was kind of focusing on how good I felt. Focusing on, I'll be able to remember this tomorrow.
1: Yeah.
2: Morning, waking up, thinking, oh, I can remember. And my <laughs> mouth doesn't feel like a pub floor, and you know, know. It, all the it, positives. And yeah, so by the time I got six weeks in, and I was at my brother's wedding, and I opted not to drink the free red wine, but to drink the elderflower cordial instead. I knew, and then the next morning I woke up, and I could remember every second of my brother's wedding, and I mm. hadn't full on myself, and I hadn't upset anybody, and I'd been able to look after my son, and you know it was just a beautiful night. And that 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 moment was the day I realised that actually this was the life I wanted. Yeah. I stopped drinking on the 12th, but then it took me six weeks to accept and to realise that actually being sober was preferable. Mm-hmm. Giving anything up, I was gaining. And um, it's you know I haven't looked back since. So I haven't, um, despite everything that's been going on in the world and in my personal life for the last five years, I haven't wanted a drink. There've been a couple of moments when I've had the thought of it. Mm. but then again take a couple of deep breaths that passes because the craving only lasts a few seconds is what we do to that with that craving in our minds
1: yeah it and exactly.
2: it's that full-blown obsession that means we have to do it um so it's but you know my breath has got me through all those times all those challenging times where i would have reached for a glass of wine or a bottle of wine it wouldn't have been a glass it would have been a bottle um <laughs> And I've I've just breathed through it all, and it's given me space to find out who I am. Because I've been drinking for 20 years, you know, I've drinking from my um, young adulthood. You know, I, I was barely a child Yeah. when I started obliterating who I was with wine, a cider, and that awful 2020 stuff that was around in the 90s oh god yeah and so in my 40s i started to figure out who i am and and it turns out that i'm not this awful person that i used to think i was i'm actually quite a nice person underneath and you know i've got some issues but yeah Yeah. i've become a better person as a result of it so in that breathing i i found me in there as well and it's been really um and it's been a, a phenomenal transformation to go through i look back at photos from even three years ago and mm. i
1: you
2: know i seem to be looking younger than i did five years ago not five years older i look younger than i did and it's,
1: yeah uh, i certainly feel it i was just going to say i bet you feel a hundred percent better than oh what yeah
2: absolutely absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I've recently found, and you might know this because we're connected, I think I've probably mentioned it in Susanna's group, but I've recently been diagnosed with ADHD. Yeah. And ADHD and addiction are very, very mm. correlated because of course you grow up thinking there's something completely and utterly horribly wrong with you. So then you drink that away and the, and addiction kind of feeds the dopamine lack that you've got in your brain as well.
1: Yeah.
2: So. It, That's has fueled the years of addiction but I'm also finding that my breath is helping with that as well it's helping to kind of calm the anxiety of the ADHD creates Mm -hmm. so it's um it's a powerful thing um you know it's managed managed to get me sober and regulate ADHD I think that's quite
1: yeah I know I (laughs) I was just gonna ask you obviously we all breathe so we think that you know We know what we're doing. We can, everyone can breathe. It's not that big a deal, really, is it? But actually, um, how many of us actually breathe properly and how many of us actually use our breath to help us in situations like you've just described, you know, a whole host of situations where actually breathing properly is a huge help. And, you know, people say, oh, yeah, take a few deep breaths and you'll be all right. But there's more to it than that, isn't there it? There is.
2: There there absolutely is. I mean, there is a lot of truth in that. You know, if you are having a, a moment of stress, a moment of anxiety, if you can take a few deep breaths, it does, it will give you that immediate calm mm. space to sort of, you know, if you're, um, say, you've just, I don't know, you've, you've, you're having an argument. Like I always use the example of um, arguing with the with, with the other half or your ex. The like first time I realized the power of this was during an argument with my ex. Mm. He was saying something, he was saying the sort of things that would have normally triggered my, you know, and I would have just launched at him and ended up saying stupid things that I would have wished I hadn't said later. And instead of, reacting to what he said i just kind of pressed my hands together it wasn't a conscious thing i just pressed my hands together it was almost like a physical like now wait now yeah Um, and i just took a couple of breaths and i didn't say anything i just took a couple of breaths and i could feel this calm descending on me and this was quite early in my um teacher training i was still drinking at the time i know that um so it was within the first six months of me learning this and I took these couple of deep breaths and I just didn't feel the need to react to what he said. Mm. And I you know, if I hadn't done that, I would have been screaming at him down the street. <laughs> and it just took all of that tension away, all of that flight or fight. It just it just takes you out of that moment of flight or fight. Yeah and it into a space where you can stop and pause and think about what you want to say, what you want to do. So as a one off, there is a lot of power in it. Mm. But want to get the benefits of it then making it part of your daily practice or something that you try and just gradually increase your awareness of uh is gonna you're gonna see more benefits and to answer your question how many of us do breathe properly only people who've become aware of the fact that they don't um you know you don't know that you're not doing it properly until somebody highlights what you're breathing like so when you sort of start to look at what your breath is actually like, most of the time you realize that maybe you're only breathing up here, or maybe you're only breathing into your sort of heart area. Mm. Um, women tend to be really bad at breathing into the lower part of the lungs, the abdominal area, because it yeah. involves allowing our tummies to stick out. Yeah. And of course, society has told us that that's not what we want. And it's rubbish, mm. We're not actually designed biologically. We're not actually meant to have flat, washboard, you know, supermodel stomachs. But that is what we are kind of conditioned to expect ourselves to look like, even if we don't. So we spend all this time sucking our tummies in, yeah. constantly restricting how well we can breathe. Mm. And I had bulimia when I was younger and I've had issues around my body shape my body image that tend to mostly focus around my tummy you know when I I hit puberty and my tummy went out you know I was very skinny little girl and then as soon as I hit puberty I ended up with that rounded tummy and I became really conscious of it and would try and hide it Mm. learning to breathe and learning to teach people how to breathe meant becoming okay with allowing my belly not just to expand but to allow other people to see that which took a lot of a lot of processing in my head yeah because I can now breathe like that it I'm, I breathe much better my you know my breath is much healthier and so the rest of me feels much healthier mm. so, a lot of retraining of the, the brain and the body that needs to happen you know if you've spent 40 50 60 years breathing into one part of your lungs only the other parts of the lungs Started to atrophy, I think that's the word, where your muscles stop working so well. So right. You need to retrain those muscles, you need to retrain that part of your body to actually start working properly. So, if you want to learn how to breathe properly, you can, mm. even if you've got, um, lung conditions or if you are older and you think, oh, I'm too old now, I can't do it. You can learn to do it, but it is a bit of a process. Mm hmm. Like you know, if you wanted to start weight training, you wouldn't yeah. expect, start with a hundred K, you'd start with a five K and you you build up and gradually increase your strength. And it's the same with breathing. Mm. Awareness, it starts with paying attention to your breath and just checking in with your breath from time to time, remembering that you're breathing. Because yeah. half the time we don't even, you know, we know, yeah, we know that we're breathing because we're alive. And we know that if we stop breathing, we stop that, stop living. But we don't really pay it any attention until, as a general rule, we can't breathe for some reason. So, you know, if you are cold or if you're out of breath because you've been running for the train or something, you become really aware of your breath when it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Mm. We don't recognize it when it is. And the more you can connect into your breath and tune into your breath, the more you can connect to your emotions your state of mind because the breath and the emotions are really connected through the nervous system. So you can become really tuned in. And if you notice that you're breathing very fast, then you can look at, right, maybe I'm a bit stressed, what am I anxious about? And maybe you can start,
1: Mm.
2: you know, slow the breath down and calm yourself down. So it's, there's a lot, there's a lot more to it than people really think you know, because it's something we've done since we were newborn and we're going to do until our last breath, literally yeah. last breath, <laughs> that is how we talk about the moment of death. So we don't, we don't think we have to think about it, but when mm-hmm. you do have to think about it, you can transform your breath. And if you can transform your breath, you can actually transform your life.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for people who are thinking, oh, my God, yeah, Esther's right. Maybe I'm not breathing properly. Um, how can we kind of start to incorporate this into our daily lives? Obviously, because, you know, not everybody can do yoga teacher training or, you know, um, go into the full, you know, breath work dynamics of it. Mm. but if you wanted to start to maybe change the way that you breathe how could we do that in a simple way to begin with
2: so i would the, the easiest thing you can do is to make give yourself a way to force yourself to not to force i don't like the word force but to to just like remind yourself every day to think about your breath
1: mm-hmm.
2: um for that, i got um a Fitbit. And it's got uh, alarms on it. So I can set as many alarms as I want throughout the day. So you could set an alarm on your smartwatch or on your phone, on your laptop, to maybe go off once an hour. And then every hour or however often you chose to do it, just stop, take a couple of breaths and just see how it is. So you could stop and notice, you know, how am I breathing? Am I breathing through my nose or my mouth? And what is the breath feeling like? And where am I breathing? And just just start to notice what is going on in your breath. And if you can kind of, if you're doing that, you can also maybe notice how do you feel emotionally at that time as well. So you can start to bring that connection between your breath and your emotions into your awareness. You don't yeah. to, it doesn't have to be a big deal. You don't have to get your journal out once an hour and write, and I'm feeling like this and this and that. But just start to notice it. Hmm. So you All right, okay, i okay, yeah, and I'm feeling a bit, being a bit tense now and I can feel that my breath is a bit shallow. So then you can, if you need to, you can take a couple of deeper breaths just to like calm yourself down a little bit. Other things that you could do is, you know, if you have to commute, um, if you have to drive to work or you're on the train to go to work every day, that can be quite stressful.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: use that time to just check in and slow your breath down a little while you're driving, while you're on the train. Focus on t- taking a few deep breaths. It'll help you to you know, not get so irate at the fact that you're stuck in a, an hour's worth of traffic to drive three miles down the road or something. Yeah. Um, things like red lights, uh, shopping queues, any of these things, you can create little triggers that, okay, I'm standing in a queue. Let's see what my breath is doing. Just check in, just check in, just check in. So it starts with awareness. Yeah. And then something else that you can do, if you've got five minutes, Or if you can find five minutes at the start of your day, at the end of your day, maybe before you start your work day, find five minutes and you can just sit and focus in on your breath for five minutes. If you can do that, that will give you a a kind of a mental reboot. It will help your body to be relaxed and help to bring you into the present moment rather than, you know, you turn up for work. You're still thinking about the hours worth of traffic that you have just had to sit through. And it's going to get, and that's going to get in the way of your work for an hour because you've still got that in the back of your mind. But if you do that before you sort of turn your computer on or before you get out of the car, five minutes just to slow the breath down and bring yourself into the present moment, mm-hmm. finds it a lot easier to get on with your day. Um, I do have a, a, a five-minute breath. I don't like calling it a challenge. I don't know what to call it, it's a mini course. Yeah,
1: yeah I was going to ask you about that yeah
2: which 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 is designed to help with that um I'm currently running it live in my Facebook group so there are daily videos at the moment going in there as well so that is five minutes you know you most of us can find five minutes every day to do that and mm-hmm. if you can't find five minutes you can find one yeah if it's when you're sitting on the toilet you yeah. can find one minute where you can just get you know I mean in the toilet's perfect. It way.
1: is actually isn't it? Well not in my either. case.
2: Since the kids come in, mom, mom. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not if you have company in the toilet. <laughs> I've always banned company from the toilet. I didn't the toilet. <laughs> but you know we can, all, we can only find one minute a day where we can do that and so that You know, there is so much proven research to show that that will help you to keep your stress levels down. It helps to keep blood pressure down. It helps to increase your focus, your creativity, all the things that we want Mm. to be happy, to be healthy, to feel fulfilled in our life. Focusing on your breath can help to give you those. You know, it's not Mm. going to change everything out there in your life, but it helps you to manage how you feel about things. Yeah that helps you to, to feel better about yourself inside is going to make your life a much better place to be.
1: Yeah yeah so but it's something that you kind of have to do consistently isn't it you can't take 10 deep breaths you know once on a random Tuesday in July and expect everything to be okay with the world. No
2: no not at all no it's it's like anything you know mm. I mean if you if you had one day a month where you only ate salad and then the rest of the month you lived on mcdonald's you're gonna you're gonna see more of the benefit of the the, the impact of the mcdonald's than the one day of healthy eating
1: yeah
2: so, you know the the more time you can spend working with your breath consciously the the, the more you're gonna get the benefit and of course there's that saying isn't it how you do one thing is how you do everything yeah and if, breathe i mean I think breath is fundamental to everything so if you can make more of an effort to breathe consciously and you know i don't do it all day every day most of my day i'm just letting my body breathe for me i'm not consciously breathing all the time but the more you can bring conscious awareness to your breath the more you bring conscious awareness to the rest of your life and the ripple effects from building that practice into your life you, you the more you can practice it the more you can make it part of your routine the more you're going to see the benefit mm. You get immediate short-term benefit from those 10 breaths once in a blue moon but it will be short-term benefit mm. it will help <clears throat> it won't help a week later whereas
1: yeah you,
2: you'll be feeling the benefits of a practice if you do it for a week
1: yeah and i love what you just said there about the ripple effect because obviously in your case um without learning these breathing techniques and how to breathe properly and recognize your breath then you and i think you've said this before you probably wouldn't have stopped drinking would you so one one i say small thing it's not it's a big thing but a simple thing like Mm. learning to Focus on your breath and to breathe properly has a huge ripple effect. And Damn. in terms of sobriety, um, how important do you think it is for us as people who don't drink or who are trying not to drink or want to give up? How important is it, do you think, to start small, to start with the breath to help us?
2: Oh, it has. You- uh, starting small is is pan- paramount. It's absolutely fundamental. I mean, I said if if I that Sunday morning, if I decided on that Sunday morning I am giving up drinking, mm. I would drink within three days because I couldn't uh, deal. That's like forever. That can't be. You have to start small because it is such a big change. Yeah, particularly if like me. I mean, I was twenty. years My whole identity was tied up into my drinking habits. Mm. Every, about my life was basically structured around my my addiction so if you try and change that in a in a moment then you probably set yourself up to fail Where if you start small and give yourself something to replace it so I think why I I tried in the past to control my drinking I'd always known that was a problem, but you know, I spent most of my time in denial about it, but occasionally I'd have these flashes of insight and think, Oh, I really should do something about this. And I'd always tried to control my drinking, but there was never anything else in place.
1: Yeah.
2: Place it. So I think why that it was quite easy for me to do this was because I already had strategies to help me. I had tools in place that Mm. I could on those difficult days, I had things that I could turn to instead. So I didn't, Feel like I needed that wine to get me through the repercussions of the argument with the ex, or the referendum, or every day I've read the news since then, or yeah. the other things that have happened. But it's, so he's it's having, it's, you know, you start making the changes, start cutting down, or do your one day at a time, go to your meetings, but make sure that you've got things in place that can help you in those moments when you're on your own and you are feeling lost and you're stressed and you don't know what to do have make sure that you've got tools in place and and you know you, your lungs is always with you you're never going to leave those behind anyway yeah. So if, that, if, if what is what is your kind of your one of your coping strategies one of mm-hmm. these toolboxes is good conscious breathing you've always got that whatever situation mm-hmm. you're in wherever you are you've always got that and I think this is one of the things why it was so helpful is that it wasn't something that I'd have to wait until I could get all my yoga mat for you know yeah. only yoga was one of my kind of relaxation self-care tools before but I could only do that when I had space and time and privacy and my yoga mat and the right clothes etc et yeah exactly <laughs> obviously breathing, taking a few deep breaths is something you can do wherever you are and whatever is going on. You know, if you're surrounded by people, if you're in the office, if you're with friends, if you're anywhere at all, you can always pause and take a couple of breaths Mm -hmm. and the people around you probably won't even notice you're doing it. Yeah. But what they might notice is that you're calmer as a result. Mm -hmm. They're going to notice anything. They're going to notice that you're not so agitated. Yeah. Um, So it is, it's a really useful tool to have in your sobriety toolbox
1: yeah and do you have a favorite kind of breath technique that uh you could share with us you know if you're maybe struggling with a craving or you're overcome with i don't know maybe self doubt can i really do this or you know um you just maybe think it'll get in too much or maybe you're having trouble sleeping or concentrating is there anything you know, a particular technique that really helps in those moments?
2: There are, there are quite a few different breath practices, but actually the one that, um, one that is, there's a practice that is really good for kind of all of those things that you just mentioned. Um, and particularly for those uh, overwhelming stress moments and it's not so much, well, it is about the breath, but it's also quite a physical thing as well. So I'll demonstrate this. Yeah. Do it. Um, and you could, I don't know if you can... Oh, you've got your headphones on, so you can... I'll on. try. This is a very physical, and it's a very dynamic sort of practice. I'm just going to take my card off, because so I'm going to get quite warm. Um, okay. So, it involves... Um, a, right, so the breath that we're going to be using for this is called the bastrika, and it's a forcing breath. So, you're using the diaphragm to force the air out of your lungs, and it's a... So, sort the of breath. And when we do that, when I say the word release, we're going to... And throw as if we're throwing stuff up, up into space to get rid of it. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to run through this. We do this practice three times. Basically, mm. you will get very warm, so um, you 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 will warm up. So we start with the right hand. Give your right hand a really good shake. Okay, and it's all the the relaxation comes in the shaking and the releasing. So if you have got anything on your mind that is bothering you, any Thing that is upsetting you. You can think about that now and know that you're going to release it. So now we're going to shake the left hand. And the more you shake, the more you're going to feel the release. Another the shake of the right and the left. And then we take both hands over to the right and take them up as high as you can and maybe really stretch the arms up. And then we're going to move down the body, shaking all the way down to the floor. And then coming back up and over to the left. And then just shaking wherever you think you want to shake. Keeping those ideas about the things you're going to release. Wow. It could just be a bad day. It could be an incident with another person. It could be a general feeling of how you feel about yourself. And we're going to release all of that negativity. So we're going to catch it up. Bring it in. Breathe in. And release. And throw it away. And we we'll do it again. So shake, shaking, just whatever you feel that you want to move your body to. The more you can shake, the more you can move, the more you're going to release. And catch it all up and breathe in.
1: And release.
2: And one more. Wow. I'm really going for it this time. Make sure we're going to release all of that negativity. And breathe in. And release. And then keep your eyes closed and let your arms swing forwards and backwards at the side of your body. And then bring the arms still alongside the body, having them palms forward, feet with width apart, keep your eyes closed. And begin to slow the breath. So you can feel your heart pumping, your muscles tingling, feeling the heart slowing down, and the breath coming back to an easy, slower pace. Feel your muscles relax, letting go of all that tension. And then just swing your arms side to side like you did when you were a child. And then so. Wow. This is amazing. (laughs) And you can do that. I mean, obviously, you wouldn't want to do all that if you were, you know, in the supermarket. Yeah. Feeling a bit overwhelmed in the supermarket. Now, I've done this on the main road outside a coffee shop in my local town when I was having a really bad um, day and I was really upset. And my mum was on the phone to me and she said, Right, Esther, what would you tell your students to do right now? Mm. I would tell them to do this. And she said, So can you do this right now? I was like, No, I'm in (laughs) trioki. And then I stood and I just did this. You can see my hands and I went, So nobody noticed I was doing it. Yeah. Even if they had, by the time they'd figured out that it was me, I would have stopped.
1: So yeah.
2: you can do that when you are more um, less likely to want people to see you doing it. It's a great one for kids as well.
1: Kids yeah.
2: Doing it. Um, so, you know, if you've got kids and they are upset, they've got um, issues in school craps or struggling to process their emotions, that is a fantastic thing to teach kids. I've had my son go from being in tears to laughing within a minute, doing that. Mm. So a really good thing for our children as well as for us.
1: Oh, that was brilliant, Esther. Thank you. <laughs> I know what brilliant. I'm going to be doing
2: later on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good prize. I've had people coming to classes before and they're like, I'm just waiting for the throwing out. I've had that bad a day. I'm here for the throwing out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah and what i love about it all is that you don't need fancy equipment you don't need any special training particularly um but you just need a bit of time a bit of space and a willingness i suppose to try it
2: yes and remembering that you've got it as well because that's with these things is is we can learn them but it's remembering to implement them at the time when we need them. And I mean I, I'm as guilty of that as the next person. You know, I know all these things. But sometimes I will forget my own practices and I need like somebody like my mum to say, now what would you, <laughs> you know, what yeah. would you be? Um so you know it, remembering that these things are available for you um, it helps. So you know put put um like I've got <laughs> I've got the word breathe tattooed on my wrist. Aww. To help me remember yeah. that what i need to do um so that is you know, it's a bit of an extreme way of reminding yourself
1: about these things perhaps uh, <laughs> whatever works <laughs> exactly and i think that's it isn't it it's what you've just said whatever works for you it's your journey it's your life it's your um discovery so um do what works for you yes yeah absolutely yeah mm-hmm. Oh, well, thank you so much, Esther. I've really enjoyed this. And I love the little exercise at the end. <laughs> yeah.
2: It is a good, it's, it's a good fun one to do. It's it i mean, people in the class and I introduce them to that. And they're a bit like, I don't know about this. But after we've done it three times, mm. they they
1: get the idea. They get how it helps.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I feel better already. And I didn't do it properly. Yeah. I know I didn't because I had my headphones in. Mm. But, um, but, yeah. yeah and i've never seen that before it's really, no
2: i'd never encountered it until i yeah. learned the style of yoga that i've been trained in it's mm. a, for um if you can't sleep if you if you are right. it's, it's, it's great with with yoga it kind of gives you what you need in the moment so if you wake up in the morning and you're feeling kind of groggy and you know mm. you know you haven't quite woken up yet this will energize you yes and then if at night you're struggling to sleep because it's releasing as well, it will relax. Mm. So if you do that and then lie down and focus on your breath a little bit, then it will help with insomnia. One of my students told me a few weeks ago she used it. She woke up at two o'clock in the morning and couldn't get back to sleep, so she was doing that at three, and then she got back to sleep. So wow. it's really good for that as well.
1: Yeah. So if anybody wants to learn more about you and about the techniques that you teach and the five minute breath, um, what can we say journey, I suppose, um, how can Um, they get in touch with you to learn more? So
2: my website is space to breathe academy.com. Okay. And um, I have a group on Facebook which is called Space to Breathe, and you are welcome to come and join me in there. Um, I've also written a book, did I tell you? Did you know about my book? I
1: knew um, about your book, yes, but share yeah, it with us.
2: About my, my, my um, recovery, yeah. yoga helped me in my recovery, and that's called Bent Back Into Shape, Eating Addiction Through Yoga. And. Um, rather proud of that i love that i yeah. get the book. <laughs> yes it's on my list actually um i can't wait to read it ah uh, oh well you have to you have to write yours so
1: i can read yours as well <laughs> i will <laughs> oh well thank you so much esther it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today um yeah. one kind of last tip or bit of advice for somebody who's watching this and maybe they're struggling with their drinking. They're not sure, you know, if they should give up or they think they might have a problem or if they're feeling scared, what would you say to that person?
2: The the thing that I wished I'd been able to, um, understand when I was struggling with the idea that I was probably, that I probably had a, a problem with drinking was that it, doesn't make you a bad person, and that there is not actually anything to be ashamed of. Mm. I firmly believe that addiction is nothing more than an attempt to solve a problem, and it is an attempt to um, soothe us. It's a self-soothing that yeah. Yeah. gets a little bit out of hand and then creates its own problems. So, if you are struggling, please find some compassion for yourself um, because you are not. You are not wrong. You are not a person. There is nothing wrong with you. You need to find the support that is going to work for you, and um, it is out there somewhere for you. You will find it. You will find the right thing. Yeah. For you, And um, but talk to a professional. Mm. um and to find a support network like you you providing a support network here you know you find the support networks where you can get that compassionate support
1: yeah
2: um, and if if you need medical help for for a detox or anything please do make sure you get it because it can be um you know we know it can be really dangerous so do make sure you get the professional help but turn to your support networks as well and do talk about it because there is absolutely nothing to be ashamed of
0: yeah Oh, thank you, Esther. That's lovely. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please share and subscribe. For more help and support, go to the Sober Bliss website, soberbliss.com. Connect with me on social media and learn how I can help you quit drinking and start living.